Good morning, Grace Free Church Online. I am so happy that you could join us this morning. I know God has you here for a reason. And hey, looks like Josh is preaching today. Not Pastor Josh, though. For those of you who do not know who I am, my name is Josh Daubert, and I have been blessed with the opportunity to be an intern here this summer at Grace Free Church. I've been loving it, and I am so excited for what's in store for the rest of this time here. For all of you, as you know, we started a new series last week called Hashtag Blessed, and what we're doing is we're diving in to the Sermon on the Mount, and we're looking at everything that Jesus was teaching these huge crowds of people that gathered around him and the disciples were also there, and they're on this mountainside. And of course, knowing today, I've been blessed with the opportunity to preach, and I have to have goals in mind, right? Of course. I need to come here with goals in mind for you guys. So I have two goals. One of them is for this message to be lit, literally and figuratively. You might not be able to tell. I actually have two lamps behind me. We'll get to that later, though. My other goal is for you all to leave this message salty. Probably thinking, what is this dude talking about right now? Why is he, why is he speaking? Trust me, it'll make more sense as we get into the message. Some of you may have already picked up on it. We're going into the salt and light passage today found in Matthew chapter 5. Now, I have a lot I want to say, but not a whole lot, whole lot of time to say it. So, let's just dive right into this message. But, before I do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity that uh, you've blessed me with to preach, and I pray, God, that you'd speak through me and that I wouldn't get in the way of what you want to say to everyone. God, I pray that you'd help us to prepare our hearts and to stay focused on you. It's easy to get distracted, and uh, God, my prayer is that you would help us to set all distractions aside and uh, just be able to focus on you during this time. Speak through me, speak to our hearts, and help us uh, to focus on you and your word. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So just to recap where we are, as I said, we're, we started a new series last week, Hashtag Blessed, and Pastor Josh came with us. Uh, he gave a sermon on the Beatitudes, and we were looking in Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12, and we're looking at those first uh, 12 verses, and Josh was talking about what the heart looks like, what the heart should look like, and we were talking about blessing. Now today, the, the title for today is Hashtag Salty, and what we want to focus on today is impact, how you can make an impact, how anyone can make an impact. And you may think that you can't make an impact. Well, I want to tell you right now, you can make an impact, and Jesus displays that here in this passage. So as I said, we are in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to be starting at verse 13. And Jesus says here, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how could it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the salt of the earth. I could only imagine what these huge crowds of people were thinking during this time. I mean, they're like, what is, what's this guy saying? I'm salt? Why is he calling me salt? It could be a, a confusing concept, but we need to make sure we don't jump to application right away. What we need to do is we need to break down what Jesus is saying, and we could do that simply by defining what salt is. Why do we use salt? What is the purpose of salt? One of the purposes of salt is to preserve food. Salt is a preservative, and the way that this works is that when the salt's on food, salt soaks, soaks up moisture. And when it soaks up moisture, 
it helps the food to spoil not as fast. It slows down the decaying process because food that is drier doesn't spoil as fast. What salt also does is it, it so, soaks up the moisture out of any bacteria that's within the food. And bacteria has a hard time surviving in dry places. So salt is potentially killing away the bacteria within the food. Salt is a preservative. What, el what else do we use salt for? What is the purpose of salt? You know what salt's used for? Salt's used for situations. What kind of situations? Situations where you have a close friend or family member and they invite you to have dinner at their house. And you, by all means, did not know that they could cook. <laughs> and you're kind of questioning it. But, you know, of course, being the good person that you are, you accept it. You accept the offer, you go to their house that night, and after slaving over a hot stove for hours, sacrificing so much time out of their day, they prepare this meal for you. They put the meal in front of you. Of course, as excited as you are, you take that first bite. And once, once you take that first bite, your taste buds start talking to you. are like, nah, bro. Not today, man. This ain't it. You know the phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? This is broke. <laughs> Something needs to be fixed right here. But then all of a sudden, you look at the table, and you make eye contact with something, and you fall in love with it, and it's a salt shaker. <laughs> you look at it, and without them knowing, you start pouring salt in your food. Guess what? We're playing a different game now, and all of a sudden, you're able to eat the food now because all of a sudden, there's more taste, there's more flavor to it. Salt's a game changer, man. What salt does, it enhances flavor, it adds taste especially for those situations when you're at the dinner table. That's what salt does. Salt is a preservative, and it enhances flavor. Cool. So we figured out what the purpose of salt is. Now, what's that mean for us? Jesus is saying, you are salt of the earth. What am I supposed to take away from that? What does that mean? Well, the first thing I think that we all need to understand, that we all need to know, is that you have purpose. You have a purpose for being here. Because look at what Jesus says here. He says, if salt loses its saltiness, how could it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything. If salt is not salty, that defeats the entire purpose of what it's supposed to do. What good is unsalty salt? That it loses its purpose. Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth. You have purpose. You may think you don't. You may think you're here for no reason. You may not know why you're here. Guess what? The God that we serve, he created the sun, the moon, the stars, the heavens and the earth, and all of humanity. And he set everything into motion. He has complete power, complete control over all things. And you're going to tell me that you don't have purpose? God placed you here for a specific reason. If he did not want you here, you would not be here. The fact that you are listening and you are watching this right now means that God has you here for a reason. He has a purpose for your life. What is that purpose? It's to be a salt of the earth. So what does that look like? What does it look like to be a salt of the earth? It looks like living in your uniqueness. If there's anything we can say about salt is that salt has a unique structure. And just like us, God has created all of us uniquely. We are unique beings, and God has wired us all differently, with different talents, with different gifts, and with different passions. 
We need to strive forth and use those gifts that God has given us. And we need to follow through and strive after the passions that God has placed in our hearts. You know what we can't do? We can't go through the motions. We can't sit back. We can't sit on the sideline because God did not create us to sit on the sideline. God created us in his starting lineup. He is a reason for us being here. Whatever you're passionate about, do it to the glory of God. Do it to the best of your ability. Don't go through the motions. That's not why we're here. God did not put us here just to go through the motions. Live in your uniqueness because what good are we if we just go through the motions? What good is salt if it's not salty? We need to live in our uniqueness, however it is God created you. Do everything to the best of your ability for his honor and for his glory. What else does that mean for us? It means to be an enhancement. You know, just how salt, it enhances flavor and adds taste. We need to do that same thing within our relationships, within our conversations with one another. We need to be loving. Our hearts need to be in the right place. A verse I want to look at. Colossians 4, verse 6. And Paul tells us in this verse, let your conversation be always full of grace. Seasoned with what? Seasoned with salt. So that you may know how to answer everyone. This word that Paul uses, salt, it's the same word that's being used in our passage in Matthew 5. Let your conversations, let your words be full of grace as though they are seasoned with salt. Let your conversations be full of grace and full of love. What does that look like? It looks like having conversations with one another that are wholesome, that are helpful. We're, we're being caring and loving for one another. We need to make sure our heart's in the right place. You know what we need to do? We need to put God's glasses on, and we need to see people the same way he sees people. Because something that's so important that we Christians, that we need to understand is that God has created every single one of of us fearfully and wonderfully in his image. And he has placed all of us here for a purpose. We all have purpose. And once we actually learn how to love people the way God made us to be, and we look at people and see people the way God sees them, man, that, that is what adds flavor to relationships. When you do that, that is influential. That is what makes an impact. We need to be that enhancing flavor. We need to be intentional with everything that we do. We need to be committed to everything that we do. However, through it all, for God's glory, not ours. We're not here for ourselves. We're not here to live this life for ourselves, but we're here to live for him. We're here to glorify him. So what is it that we need to do? We need to strive forth, living in our uniqueness, using the gifts that God has blessed us with and following through with the passions that God has placed on our hearts. We need to be that enhancing flavor within our relationships, being loving, being intentional, being committed, everything that we do, but not for our sake, for others' sake, so that we can lead others to God and glorify him through it all. We need to be loving. You know what we can't be, though? We can't be pushy. Because nothing is worse than too much salt. You know what I mean? I mean, you ever go to Burger King or McDonald's or even Wendy's, and for some odd reason, when you got fries, they like, no, I'm not going to hold back whatsoever putting salt on your fries. Why? And then, and then you eat it, and you have that disgusting face on. It's, it's awful. Nothing is worse than too much salt. You know what salt looks like 
in your relationships, being caring for one another, being there for someone to support them, being there for them through thick and thin, telling them the truth, even if it's not something that they want to hear at the time, being truthful to them, being there for them, letting them know that you can provide them help whenever they need it. You know what's too much salt? Too much salt is overstepping boundaries, getting into people's personal space, jumping to conclusions, making assumptions. That is too much salt. That is pushy. That is not loving. No matter where we are, whether if it's in our workplace, within our homes, in our relationships, in the church, no matter where, we need to be loving, not pushy, because there's nothing worse than too much salt. Jesus is saying, you are a salt of the earth. What else is he saying? I mean, let's look at verse 14. He says, you are a light of the world. Here we are again asking ourselves the same question. Jesus, what are you saying? I'm a salt and now I'm a light? What are you trying to say? Let's break it down the same exact way that we broke down salt. And what is that? What's the purpose of light? Why do we use light? What does light mean to us? You know what light does? Light makes a way. Light allows us to be able to see directions. It makes everything more visible. What else does light do? It spreads joy. I mean, think about light and think about darkness. When you think of darkness, it's disappointing. It's depressing. Like that's, and sometimes it could be fearful. It could be scary. But when you think of light, man, light is encouraging. Light spreads joy. Light is the opposite of everything that we feel about darkness. And something else that light does it, it takes away darkness. It exposes darkness. It makes a way in darkness. Now, I'm a Pottsville boy, and recently, because of a thunderstorm, Pottsville just lost power. But with that being said, it was nighttime, so what me and my family did, we got a lantern, and we got candles. You know what our house wasn't? Our house wasn't pitch black. Our house was not engulfed in darkness because there was light. And that light exposed the darkness. So that's what light does. That's how we feel about light. Now, just to prove my point further, I have a little bit of an object lesson for you. Now, you may not be able to see it now, but I actually have two lamps behind me. And I want to show you something. Now, this lamp, this lamp's not super important. This is just to help me with my demonstration. But this lamp, though, this one's important now. This one has a story behind it. Now, one day in high school, I was in my room, and for whatever reason, I don't know what happened, I ended up knocking into my lamp, not this one, and I ended up breaking it. And when I say breaking it, like, it was in two pieces. Like, it broke. <laughs> so after talking with my mom and having a couple laughs, she said she'd get me a new lamp. So she came home the one day, got me a new lamp. And it's this bad boy. She says, hey, there's two really good things about it. One is that it's an LED light. I was like, Awesome, sick. You guys know what LED lights are, right? You're super bright. I mean, you've seen them before. You've seen them on roads. You've seen them on streets. When someone's driving towards you and you start flashing them because you think their high beams are on. No, they're not. There's, those are just LED lights. That's one thing. You know what another thing is? Just for me, it's indestructible. I was like, oh, cool, sick. So that night I went into my, house, went into my room, made sure it was completely dark. No other lights were on. And I made sure I'm going to put this on, and it's going to light my entire room. It's an LED light. 
I had high expectations, and I go to light it. And I was disappointed. I mean, you want to talk about depressing? I mean, I'm, I'm like staring at this thing, and it's so, the light is so dull. Like, literally, the only thing that's lit up is me right now. That's it. Everything else is dark. And I was like, what is the purpose of this? You know what my expectations were? My expectations were this light, and I'm going to make sure I don't look at it because it might blind me. This, these were my expectations. I mean, I could preach the rest of this sermon with just this light because this light's actually making a way. It's actually lighting up the room. But you know what I got? (laughs) I got this. I mean, I could stare at this thing all day. You know what this is? This is a nightlight. This isn't a lamp. This isn't getting the job done. I'm sorry. So what's the difference? I mean, we have this and this. What's the difference? They're both LED lights. The difference is openings. You see, with a normal light and a normal, normal lampshade, there's an opening on the top and the bottom. And the reasoning for that is so the light can escape. Now, obviously, this light, all of the light can escape. There's nothing surrounding the light. However, with this one now, there's literally a basket over top of the light. The light cannot escape from this. All of the light is trapped within this structure. That is the difference between these lights. So now moving forward in our passage and looking at what Jesus is saying. He says, you are a light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So imagine a city on a hilltop. You picture this huge hilltop and you picture this hill and this huge glowing city on the top of it. That's not hidden. You can see it. It's in, it's, everyone can see it. It's visible for everyone because of its location. Same thing with a light. What do you, where do you put a light? You put it up top. The spotlights right now, looking at me, they're up. They're not down. They're up, and they're pointing down. They're providing light for the house. You know what you don't do to a light? You don't put a basket over it. You don't put a bowl over it because it's not going to get its job done. It's not fulfilling what its purpose is. You know what the purpose of this light is? It's either a night light or an object lesson for a sermon. So what is Jesus saying? What does this mean for us? Why should we not hide light? What what does that exactly mean? What that means is that we can't be private Christians. We can't just keep to ourselves. We need to be bold in our faith. Now, why is that hard? Why is that something that we struggle with? We struggle with it because of one word, fear. We fear persecution. And that fear comes from fear of what others think about us. We want to stay as private Christians. We don't want to go out because we're scared of what other people are going to think of us. We can't be private Christians. You may think, why? Why is that so important? Why do I have to be public and bold about my faith? Why do I have to go out? Because it's not about us. None of this is about us. It's about others and making an impact for them. You need an example three guys in the Bible, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you want to read their story, go to the book of Daniel, because I'm going to fly through it right now. But you may or may not know their story. But they were thrown into a blazing furnace. And the reasoning for that was because at that time, King Nebuchadnezzar made this golden statue of himself and commanded everyone to bow down to it. And if they didn't, they'd be thrown into the blazing furnace. Well, guess what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused. And they were thrown into the furnace 
But you know what else happened? They walked out of the furnace completely unharmed. They didn't even smell like fire. And the thing is, there are so many people that witnessed this happen. Everyone knew that's not normal. That wasn't supposed to happen. They were supposed to die. I mean, for crying out loud, the guards that threw them into the furnace died. And they walk out of the fire untouched. They don't even smell like it. The God they serve, like there's something real here. You know who else was affected by it? King Nebuchadnezzar himself. He was like, wait, that wasn't supposed to happen. There's something real happening here. That was a miracle I just witnessed. And he started praising God. And you know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were? What they were not? They were not private Christians. If they were private Christians, it would have been easy just to bow down to this statue, but they refused. And because of their boldness, because of their courage, they had a great impact on everyone who witnessed this miracle. And that's what we need to do. We need to step out in faith. Yeah, it's uncomfortable sometimes, but guess what? We need to step out of our comfort zone. We need to be bold. We can't hide our light. Jesus is saying, you are a light of the world. Don't hide it. If there's anything we should do, we should be confident about it. What else does light do? What else should we do? We need to expose darkness. The darkness that is within this world. Because think of it this way. We have light, and then we have the darkness. And within this light, we are following someone. And this person that we are following, we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior. We are following his footsteps. And he is referred to in the Bible as the light of the world. And his name is Jesus. And he is calling us a light of the world. He was our example. We need to follow in his footsteps to be light and exposing the darkness. And this darkness, it's the world. And when you read the Bible, earth and the world, it's so often referred to as a dark place. And within this dark place, there's an enemy who is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. This enemy, he is referenced in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, which says this, for our struggle, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. In verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Who is our enemy not? It's not flesh and blood. We are not enemies of each other. We are not enemies of one another. So now I think would be a really good time that we stopped acting like it. That we stopped creating divisions with one another and coming at each other's throats and making these random assumptions about each other and spreading rumors. We are not enemies of one another. There is an enemy in the darkness who is working in the shadows, who is behind all of this. And what do we need to do? How do we expose him? How do we expose darkness? By being a light. Light exposes darkness, and we need to expose the darkness within this world, and we need to expose who the real enemy is. That's what Jesus is saying. You are a light of the world, and you can't do that by being a private Christian. You can't do that by just keeping to yourself. We need to step forward. We need to be a light, and you may think, wow, this is really encouraging, but how? How can I be a light? Can I tell you something? You don't need to grab a microphone, walk up to a stage, and start preaching. So many people think that's the only way to be a light in this world. It's not. 
You know what being a light looks like? Being a light in this world looks like inviting someone to church. Maybe that they don't have a church to go to or they need to go to church. Maybe you could reach out to someone and say, hey, you need any prayer? What can, what can I pray for you for? And then pray for them. Being a light looks like just being there for others and supporting them and caring for them and loving them. Being a light looks like following in Jesus' footsteps and representing him and his character and following him. Being a light looks like using your spiritual gifts to build the kingdom. You know what else could be a light? Being a light could invite people to a small group, maybe a young adult small group that meets on Thursday nights from 7 to 8 p.m., led by Josh Daubert. And if you so desire to go to it, you can reach him at josh.daubert at gracefreechurch.net. I'm sure he would love to have you. Shameless plug. That's what being a light looks like. And don't just limit yourself to what I just said. There's so many ways to be a light. Be a light within this world. Make a change. Make an impact for the honor and glory of God. Because what does Jesus say here? Verse 16, he says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's not about us. Everything is about God. That is the big why to this. Weird, he says you are a salt of the earth and you are a light of the world. That is not for our sake. It is so that we can lead others to God and through everything, through our actions, through our words, through our desires, everything to glorify God, to glorify him and to lead others to him. Being a salt and being a light of the world means being selfless, not selfish. It's not about us. So you may think to yourself right now, like maybe you think you're in darkness. Maybe you feel like with your life, you're living in darkness right now. And the way you've been living your life, you feel like it represents darkness. And you want to stop. You're sick of it. You want to step into the light. Can I tell you something? You can not only take one step into the light, but you can be a light. And you just have to do one simple step. You have to go to Jesus. Jesus is the only way. You have to go to him with a heartfelt confession and say to him, Jesus, I have been living in darkness. I, I am a sinner, but I believe you died for me and I believe you rose again. I want to be a light of the world. I want to follow you. I want to follow your footsteps. I want to commit to living a changed life. I want to be a light. You pray that to him, and I promise you are not only in the light, but you are a light of the world. And I'll say this as I close. Our world needs revival. Our world needs Jesus. And what we need to do is what Jesus is commanding us. You are a salt of the earth, and you are a light of the world. We need to strive forth living in our uniqueness, using the gifts that God has blessed us with, and following through with the passions that God has placed on our hearts. And we need to be that enhancement within our relationships, being intentional and committed at everything that we do, not just going through the motions. We need to do that. We need to be a light of the world. We can't be a private Christian and just stand back. We need to be bold. We need to be courageous. We need to be proud of our faith and the God that we serve. We have no reason to fear. We can be confident. We need to expose the darkness within this world. And as light, we need to reflect. 
and everything is reflecting back to God. And we need to do this not for our sake, but for the sake of others so that we can lead others to him and through it all glorify God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that you gave us to dive into your word. And my prayer is that you would help us to apply this to our own life. It's easy just to say it, but we actually need to apply it. And I pray, God, that you would help us to be a salt and a light of this world. Help us, Lord, to follow in your footsteps, to represent your character, to make a change, to be an influence, to make an impact, but not for our sake. We're not here to live for ourselves. We're here to live for you. We're here to lead others to you and to glorify you in all that we do. And I pray that you would work on every single person's heart, that you would help us to expose the darkness within this world, and you would help us to focus on you and to live this life for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.